Welcome to the With a Dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Carly. And I'm Izzy. We find answers to all your dog questions so you can get the most out of life with a dog. Let's do it. With a Dog Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. We're here, just Izzy and I, recording in our studio with forts. We have a fort going on. Blanket forts to soundproof Carly's echoey house. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have soundproofing yet in our quote-unquote studio, so blankets (laughs) like pinned to the wall is all we have, and I feel bad because I'm pretty sure the one that is like right on top of you, Izzy, is um, the one the dogs lay on, so it probably smells really bad. (laughs) That's all right. Your hand soap smells really good, so that's all I can smell right now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having like Mexican food burps. We just mm. ate. Izzy and I just had a great Mexican meal. Yeah, taco salad. It's great. It's my it's favorite. Good. I had a little carne thing asada. about Mexico. I don't know. Is there salad? Is there tacos? Actually, my favorite thing about Mexico is ceviche. Ooh. Which I had never even heard of ceviche before I came to America. Is that like Mexican or Spanish or both? Do both? I don't know. Is in like Spain, the country? Yeah. Okay. Um. No, I think Spain does more like paella. That's true. Yeah. Do do paella. I think it's, I didn't know. If I it think was. it's more like South America because there's like a Peruvian version of ceviche, okay. and that makes know, sense. There's probably other types. I'm of sure. Ceviche. I'm sure someone someone can correct us on that. Feel free <laughs> to send us a DM or something. Um. But it was, that's good. It was good. taco salad and ceviche. Our life. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And now I'm full. I'm Um, in a bit of a food coma going on. Food coma, which is, I think that's good because it means that we don't ramble as much. Or maybe we will ramble. Yeah. Who knows? It could go either way. We'll see you guys. (laughs) Join (laughs) us on this journey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But on a really happy note um, for Carly, because today's episode marks around the four-month mark of her getting her second dog. Yes, second dog, Albus. It is the four-month mark, which is why we are doing this episode, which is there's not going to be guests. It's just us two talking about um, getting a second dog and how like, you know you're ready and how to find the right dog and what to do once you've found them and they're in your home. So we feel like four months has been a pretty good time that Albus has settled in and we've gotten to know who he really is, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's a love. He's just he's he is the at- best dog. He's I mean, Lupin's the best whore. too. But yeah, you really got lucky. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but and I think it's we got so lucky because we did all of this like yeah. research and preparation ahead of time. So I want to make sure that other people have this information too. Um. So first of all, I think we need to discuss why you wanted a second dog. Yes, like what my what were your mo- yeah what were your motivations to get a second dog okay so we're we're jumping into this everyone just a heads up we're trying to make this informative for you and not too much like of us rambling what of us rambling yeah <laughs> not too much like rambling of like this was my story so um we're gonna try to like bullet point everything that you're gonna need to know and to consider if you want a second dog. And also, I'll tell my story alongside of it. So hang hang tight, guys. We can do this. Yeah, we can do this. Boom. Motivations. motivations. Okay. Shoot. So motivations for getting a second dog was 
I've wanted a second dog for a long time, but I was aware of the fact that we were never in a place ready for a second dog until recently. So I can talk more about that later. But um, the reason we wanted a second dog is because Lupin is slowing down. He's older. He's about 10, 11. We've had him for six years. And, um, you know, I think I just wanted like another dog to run with, just someone a little bit more active, go on a hike with, something like that. Um, You know, Lupin fits a lot, fits the bill on a lot. Like we can take him to breweries and restaurants and take him on vacation really easily because he's so chill, but he he can't go on like a super long walk anymore. Um, He's still very active and very good shape for his age, but we did want just kind of like another dog to run with. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other motivation was because Lupin's also older, he is for the last six years has been like my whole world. And he still is like, he's just anyone who knows us knows that he like, he's my, (laughs) my soulmate. And I love him so much. My whole world revolves around him. And I was getting a little bit nervous that when he passes, hopefully that's not for a few years, but I wanted another dog in the home. So like that whole, my whole world would not be gone. Like there wouldn't be this huge hole in our lifestyle all of a sudden, because anyone who has a dog knows you get up, feed them, you potty them, and then you exercise. And like your, your daily routine revolves around the dog. And I've been a little worried that when he does pass that there's going to be a hole in my life. And I didn't want to be the person that just goes to the rescue the very next day and is like, I need a new dog. My, my other dog passed yesterday. Like I need a new one because I can't even go into the house without one. And yeah, so that, so that like, I know that sounds a bit morbid. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer with that, but you know, I just wanted to make sure like the love was shared around, (laughs) you know, and not only focused on Lupin. Yeah, it's I think it's a huge consideration to to think yeah. about for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that people want to think about, but no. It's not something yeah. you think about, but your mental health is really important. Exactly. So. And so um yeah, it's just I mean, we have this podcast like my whole world is around my dog. And so yeah, I would just I thought that would be like a healthy thing to do. Um so those were like personal reasons. The reason also was for Lupin. Because I thought, you know, from Lupin's side that he's a bit aloof, like he loves other dogs. He enjoys because he's been my whole world. He's a bit spoiled. And so I thought it would be good in his old age to little add a little variety into his life, a little add a little pep in his step because there's another dog in the home. Just mix it up a little bit for him because I think it'd be really easy for him to kind of just sink into his routine. Um, Yeah. And I thought that, that it would be good, like, as he ages to, yeah, add some variety in his life. Bring someone new in. Yes. So I guess as a first step for anyone who's thinking about getting a new dog, think about why why you want to get a new dog and why you think your dog would like to have someone new around too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, what are your motivations? Are you just bored? Like, that's not a good reason. But you know, just, <laughs> like, oh, there's a f- I really want a fluffy dog and mine's short hair. So I'm going to go get one. Like, that's that's not enough. Yeah. Reason. Like, make Dig sure- deep. Yes. Dig deep. There's, <laughs> there's more reasons in there. You just got to find them. Um, so kind of so the next step would be your considerations. Like, what did you consider before kind of taking the next step of trying to find a dog? Yes, we considered a lot of different factors before 
we decided to give it like to give it a go and say it was a yes because as I said earlier, we were in London, we weren't um in a place and what I like to get a second dog and what I meant by that is we didn't have the time, the money, the space. You know, we were in a small flat, we didn't have a car, we didn't have the extra money because we wanted to put it towards traveling and you know, living it up in London and everything. We didn't have the time because we were both working full time and to add in like training another dog and all of that that it entails. We didn't have any of that. So now back in Seattle, we've got family close by, got a car. We bought recently bought a house. We were like, okay, it's we're time. ready. Yeah. yeah. Like we are ready for this. And so, um, so yeah, we considered, do you have the money? Mm-hmm. is one thing that I think people should consider. So like double the vet bills, double the food every month, double the um, dog walking, dog boarding. If you go on vacation, dog sitting, double all yeah. of that. And then, you know, like I think this goes back to kind of vet bills, but emergencies. I'm sure Izzy sees this a lot like in her work. Mm-hmm. Um, like Lupin is – had to have a really expensive surgery a few years ago like and i'm saying like ten thousand grand grand out of pocket for this emergency surgery and what if you had a second dog that ended up needing another emergency surgery a month later yeah and it's you know it's one of those things that you never think it's going to happen to you yes but it exactly does. Yeah. It, yeah like we never thought that lupin would need such a expensive emergency surgery mm for a second time um because there's been two (laughs) (laughs) but he did and so it's like you have to think like oh my gosh what if yeah what if you had a second dog and they needed an emergency surgery a couple months later like would you be able to pay another ten thousand out of pocket i know that sounds like a really extreme example but it could happen though yeah so yeah so cost cost time time like we have to exercise two dogs now so albie goes on a run lupin goes on a walk every morning if i was doing that alone if i didn't have my partner that like that wouldn't fly like i would not have the time to exercise Both. two dogs yeah, yeah. um and also training just, i mean this is just from me having one dog but so me and chase wake up pretty much at the same time whoever is out of bed first will take Arthur out to go and potty but whoever comes home first has to take him for a long walk Mm -hmm. if we had two dogs like that's it's almost unfair on one half yeah it it is already kind of unfair on Chase but he's a gem (laughs) so he puts up with it but it's you know it's definitely a consideration it's something that you and your partner in crime whether that's a husband a partner um a roommate like a a family member like you need to have a plan in place like is this something that you can actually take care of or not yes and be aware that like yeah you're not going to have any spare time because now one of us is always walking the dog like there's never like oh i'm gonna have a lion and someone else is gonna you know yeah like oh mike will walk the dog in the morning it's fine it's like oh no he did maybe the harder job of running but I mm-hmm. still need to go on an hour walk with Lupin. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm, so yeah, time, cost. Then uh, other animals in the house. You know, have you got cats? Have you got birds? Have you got hamsters? Yes. Pigs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There, there could be other animals or s- yeah. humans in the home that may not appreciate a second dog right now. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. what if you have a cat that is just never going to be 
okay in a home with another dog. Yeah. Like our our cat that like we had before, she Lupin and her Lupin is so, so submissive that it's okay. But we would need to find another dog equally submissive and I don't think we would be able to. Yeah. <laughs> if we like and and so aloof and she will literally just go up and claw him and he'll just like try to walk away or like move his <laughs> paw. No, like it would be so rare to find another dog like that. And so I think that's that is your decision made right there is it's not going to be okay for one or more of my animals in the home. So it's yeah. not happening like flat out. There's your decision. It sucks because it goes against what you want. But like it is what it is. You, you've made a commitment to maybe this other cat or maybe you have kids who have allergies to dogs, like whatever. I don't know. But you have to consider, I think, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. In the home. For sure. Um, so once you've made all of your considerations, time, cost, other animals, kids, um, then it comes on to the fun stuff. It's the part that, you know, you've probably already done, let's be honest, is what dog do you want? <laughs> Build a dog. Yeah. Build a dog. <laughs> I always say it's like being on The Sims. You get to just choose. Which did yeah. you ever play The Sims? Yeah, I did. I freaking love The Sims. Yeah. Um, yes. No. Exactly. And that's the fun part of getting any dog, even if it's your first dog, not yeah. a second dog, like we're talking about. Like this is what the fun breed, stuff. Is... What age? What energy level? What type of personality do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you want? What do you want to be able to give them? And what do you want them to be able to give you? Yes. Exactly. So yeah. And the so best. For for us personally, we knew wanted another hound dog. I keep saying we. Honestly, I made a lot of the decisions, but that is another thing to make sure you consult your partner <laughs> thoroughly. <laughs> um, but I knew that he was okay with what I was wanting. So I wanted another hound dog. Lupin is a fox hound, so I wanted another larger hound dog breed like that. So like a coon hound, fox hound. Um, Red tick, red bone, blue tick, bloodhound, any of those was happy with that. Um, and I knew everything about those breeds too. I mean, I don't know every single thing, but I was aware prey drive, you know, really scent focused. Um, they're scent hounds. A lot of them were very vocal and like to bay. So, like, I was aware mm -hmm. of all those things too. So, make sure you're aware of if you just say, like, I want an active dog or I want a. Aussie, Border yeah. Collie, whatever, like make sure you're aware of everything that goes along with yeah. these breeds. And I think for, and I think you did a really good job of this is that you did want an active dog, but you also wanted a couch potato. Yes. And I think a lot of people, you know, when you Google like what the best dog for hiking or the best dog for running, you get these really, really active breeds that need a lot more than just a run every day. Mm -hmm. They need a lot more than just a really long walk or a trip to the dog park every day. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just really looking into that breed and being like, yes, I want an active dog, but do I need this much of an active dog? Or yeah, I want a couch potato, but do I want this much of a couch potato? Mm -hmm. um, and really kind of honing in and doing your own research instead of pulling up like top 10 best breeds for runners. Yes. And that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, do your, yeah. Do your research on that for sure. Because yeah. as I said, like we wanted an active dog to run with every morning. But after that, we wanted someone or we wanted a dog that would chill for the rest of the day with Lupin. Yeah. Would just like go outside and sit in the sun with him. Like, okay, yep, you had your energy, like you had your now exercise. You're now you're good for the day. And a lot of dogs that they don't 
like like Arthur mm-hmm. can't you know like he still needs his like yeah. work to eat toys and all yeah, of that right definitely yeah we've even oh, we've just introduced so much for him but it's just something to keep his his brain active and also not saying that all anxiety relates to exercise but you will find that behavior issues are exaggerated or ex- exuberated exacerbated exacerbated that's the word <laughs> i was looking for i knew it began with an x exacerbated by an x it's an ex <laughs> yeah no an x an e oh okay <laughs> phonetically i got you i got um, you <laughs> it would yeah it would be exacerbated by not getting enough exercise or not enough mental stimulation exercise doesn't just have to be physical it can be mental too so mm-hmm. i'm just keeping that in mind um because you just don't want to find yourself in a ver- in a really stressful place and that can definitely definitely because that's a word <laughs> um that can definitely definitely be where you find yourself if you don't do this type of research before yeah. you get a dog and maybe we'll do a whole nother episode on like deciding what kind of dog is good for your lifestyle yeah but yeah. The, Any, so these are the, some of the things that you need to look into is like breed slash, you know, even if it's a mix, you know, what size. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew we wanted like a midsize. I think Albie's around 50 pounds. Lupin is like 75. I think he's actually 80. He's a little chunky right now. Um, but yeah. So so I think you just need to to make sure that you're aware of what you want out of the dog. But yeah. So like yeah. midsize, we wanted Albie because I knew that Lupin would enjoy having another bigger dog around the Mm -hmm. house um we wanted yeah the personality who's like pretty chill after you know like he can go for a really long hike and he's a very athletic dog yeah but he's also super chill he after he has his exercise um he does have a prey drive and we are aware of that you know with him being a hound like he definitely wants to go chase the squirrels and Mm. maybe a cat that he sees on the street like that kind of stuff and um, we were we were cognizantly okay with that. Um, oh, I, and we wanted one that was good with people, good with other dogs, yeah, good with kids. That was, and that is harder to find if you're in a rescue, like yeah. on, like you because you've got you, a longer you, journey. Yeah, like you just all of those things that I just said is literally describing the I think most of the dogs that people want, like a yeah. little bit of exercise and then they're good, and then. You know, like yeah. mid-size, easy, like, compact <laughs> enough to pick up, but not, you know, huge yeah. and <laughs> good with kids, good with dogs. Like, all Yeah, and some of that, you know, you may have to think, what can we compromise on? Yeah. Like, what are we okay with not knowing for sure? Because, you know, if you are going to rescue, you may not know if they're good with cats, but that's not necessarily meaning that they're not going to be good with cats. You just have to be prepared to do that introduction correctly yes. and to spend the time on it. Um, yeah, you're and, never going to get a hundred percent guarantee. Yeah, and if you're unsure, if you're unsure of anything, you know, any good adoption advisor at a shelter. Um, I'm not, and I don't think Holly is either. We're not super um, versed in breeders, but mm-hmm. I'm under the impression a good breeder will be able to tell you what the breed is about and tell you if you're going to be a good candidate and if you're not tell you what you need to work on to become one yes in the future so i'm just ask um you know you're definitely not on this journey alone um so you can there's there's people out there who want you to get a dog and they want you to get the right dog and they're going to help you do that um so just reach out any good like adoption advisor izzy and i have been there like adoption advisor at a shelter izzy and i have been there 
we know that <laughs> we look haggard and the people are like, <laughs> they smell like yeah, shit. probably smell <laughs> terrible. And But they are totally like a good one is totally going to be able to tell you what this dog is going to need out of a home and assess and help you assess if your home is right for yeah. like the dogs that they have available. So yeah, definitely there's some good resources. Um, The other thing we didn't cover yet is age. Yes. So this That's is a, big a huge one. one. It's uh, huge. So personally, we knew Lupin's about 10 or 11. We did not want a puppy because one, we did not want to take that on. We don't have the time or the patience to train a puppy right now. Um, and it wouldn't be fun for Lupin. Like he mm. he gets along with all other dogs, but like it's it wouldn't like benefit or improve his life by having a little puppy scurrying around yeah, trying to like his cheeks. Yeah, trying to tug at his ears and like play. And it wouldn't be fair to the puppy either to have another dog that's like not willing to play with yeah. you know it. So it's just like so we knew we didn't want that. Our age range that we were looking was three to seven. Seven was even probably a little bit pushing it, but we were open. You know, this is what Izzy was saying about like potentially compromising on certain things because if they fit the bill on everything else, then, mm -hmm. you know, we're okay. But we didn't want – you have to think if you're – if you have a senior dog already and you adopt another older dog, what if they potentially pass, like pass away like within yeah. six months of each other or something? That's a huge loss. It would be – so devastating, I think, yeah. to you and the m money associated with two dogs' old age yeah. and passing away is a lot. And I think it's, I think that's really sad for the the latest dog is yeah. they've had to deal with that loss and they're dealing with that loss before they pass away. Yeah. And I think that's really tough. It would be, yeah, yeah. I think it would just be really hard all around. Not saying it can't be done, but you have to go into it like eyes wide open Yeah, with everything. You just have to be – you have to know that you'll be able to cope with it mentally. Yes. Yeah. Money, emotionally, yeah. all of that. Um, yeah. And then the flip side, don't get two dogs that are too young close yeah. in age either. So our um, previous guest, Megan, she has a blog. It's called Stumps and Rumps. She was on the episode – what was it called? Alligator incognito. Yes. Yeah. Alligators incognito. So she talked about her two corgis and she has a blog post. It's all about how to get a second dog. So it's exactly what we're talking about here. But she references a thing called litter mate syndrome in this blog post. We'll make mm -hmm. sure we add this to the um, show notes so you, you can hit that link if you're interested in reading the article. Yeah. So basically what it is um, – it's a whole umbrella. So litmate syndrome is an umbrella of issues that can present themselves when litmates, or it doesn't have to be litmates. It can be dogs just of the same age as well that are raised in the same household. And it's, yeah, it can be observed in dogs who are related, not related. It's mainly the age thing. And it can either present itself as they get so bonded that they don't really bond with the human, um, but there's also kind of the flip side of there's almost two personalities. There's the shy one and then the more outgoing social one. And the more they spend time with each other, the more shy the shy one gets and then the more aggressive the bold one gets. Um, they struggle spending time apart. And then though, then you're dealing with an extremely shy puppy you're trying to bring out of its shell and he's almost, or he or she is almost being overshadowed by the dog who is too outgoing. Yeah. 
and has started to become a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Um, and they can – they just feed off of that energy. So – Yeah. Um, they, like, create, like, almost like a, their own little pack within the yeah. two of them. And it, it can, makes them really hard to train. Yeah. They can also – it can also make them start fighting each other as well. So they can either become too bonded or they – randomly fight with each other yeah which you know what oh my gosh i had a co-worker who had two dogs they loved each other but randomly we had to split them up because they would fight now i know why interesting you think it was the littermate syndrome yeah yeah it will and you know what so that's why we bring it up is because i feel like people aren't as aware of it and it was a rule we had in the shelter like we would not adopt out two two puppies at a time to the same people Usually, yeah. like, I think it was like a rare circumstance that we would. And, um, and we just, yeah, you know, we just wanted to make sure that we added that into this episode, basically, because Megan does a great job of uh, addressing it in her blog post. Once again, go just check that out. She does a, a really good job of defining it more than we're able to. But she got two puppies at the same time. And she said, like, in it, she was like, I will never, ever do that again. And, Fortunately, she was able to make sure that whole litter mate syndrome didn't happen to her two, do- two mm. dogs. But for her to say she would never do it again, like she's ultimate dog mom. Like yeah. she has a dog blog. This, this is her life. This is her lifestyle. So for her to say that, like everyone else, if you don't are not like revolving your do- your world around your dogs, like staying at home, being with them 24-7, making sure this litter mate thing doesn't happen, then please do not get two dogs that are six months Yeah, I think, you know, owning a dog should be a really happy and as stress-free as possible. And you just don't want to put yourself in that type of situation where you could really have an expensive behavior issue on your hands. Mm -hmm. And also just like it's so draining having – to deal with a behavior issue because they don't go away overnight. It's something that you have to constantly work on. Yeah. And even when you think it's gone away, you then have to reinforce it and make sure it doesn't come back. Um, so just, I know it can be really tempting to be like, oh, well, I can handle it. There are so many dogs out there who need a home mm-hmm. that there is going to be one with more of an age gap that's still going to be suited to your yes. household. You can still get two dogs that will play with each other mm-hmm. if you get like a two-year-old and a puppy. Like yeah. they will still be close enough in age that they will play together and can get their energy out with each other and stuff. You don't need ones that are litter mates or like within six months of age of each other. Um, yeah. Anyway, we didn't want to be that, – anyway. that came out like super serious. <laughs> yeah. But we just wanted to say that like <laughs> – Make sure you think about that. I understand why people are like, oh, I'll just get two puppies and then train them at the same time. It'll be more efficient. It Name, is not. It'll yeah. come back around to bite you in the butt. <laughs> You're Next so topic. American. You're like, this is not a good idea. And I'm like, it just might not be a, the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, you may want to think about something else. I think I'm being like extra harsh because I know people are probably just going to ignore it and do what they want anyway. <laughs> um, so you've decided um, – You've got your motivations, your considerations. You've decided what's going to be best suited for your home, your lifestyle, and your current pet. Breed and age, energy, personality, decided all that. Yep. Now, where do do you go from here? You're starting the searching process. Where do we go? Yes. So this, I think, is going to be like a whole nother episode or topic in and of itself of like how to adopt or buy a dog. But for me, for 
when we are looking for a second dog. I knew we wanted another hound dog. We live in the Pacific Northwest. It's there are not many hound dogs up here. Like they are not a breed that is very common at all. Mm-hmm. So I kept an eye on the shelters. I was constantly looking on their websites and everything, but I knew, especially because we were looking during quarantine, I think there wasn't maybe as much turnover and yeah. and everything. So um, I knew I needed to expand my search. So I looked at rescues that transferred dogs up from the south to the Pacific Northwest, which is a really common practice. We'll probably do another episode on that, like maybe yeah. interviewing one of those companies that kind of transfers them. Just because Seattle Pacific Northwest has such a high adoption rate, we're able to take in animals from other parts of the country. Um, and so I was looking for a rescue that did that, like some kind of bringing like hounds or dogs up from like Texas and the South. So I would have a more of a chance of adopting a hound. Um, So I just, I ended up like going online, searching a lot, went on to pet finder and like chose the hound breeds. And I didn't really add too many specifications because I kind of just wanted to see. What was there? Yeah. Like I think the notes say more than the tags. Yes. Yeah. Like reading the notes on every dog that there was on pet finder. And you have to take pet finder with a grain of salt. It like you could get a terrible puppy mill br- backyard breeder person who puts mm-hmm. their dogs on there or you could get a great dog from a rescue like we did. So make sure that just because they're on a website and they have a cute photo does not mean that they are from a rep- reputable source. Make sure you do your background research yeah. as well. Um yeah, do your own research. Um so you found Yes, Albie. Albie. Yes. Also, just I'm sorry. I'm going to backtrack back to Pet Finder. Um, Carly mentioned very briefly that she didn't put in too many specifications. Um, the reasoning I'm assuming behind that is because even though she wanted kid friendly, cat friendly, dog friendly, human friendly, um, there are not going to be many rescues or shelters that put those tags on a dog because. Mm-hmm. Everything is subject to change with a change of environment and some of the shelters just haven't known the dog long enough to say with confidence what they're going to be like in a home. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, that's why it's really important to read the notes about every individual dog. Yes. Um, to really get – there might be foster notes that you can read um, or there might be just some really interesting information from the previous rescue. So um, just make sure – you're taking a look at that and not putting too many restrictions on your search. Um, even though it's easy to just yes. say, this is exactly what I want. If you're thinking about rescuing, you know, everyone's got baggage. Yeah. You know, you just have to um, figure out what you're going to be comfortable with. And again, doing your research, if they haven't been introduced to another dog before, mm-hmm. um, in a home environment, just at the dog park, that's something that you're going to need to be well-versed in of what the issues could be and how you can counteract them and reduce the chance of them happening. Yeah. That is Done. why I didn't put any tags in the search yeah. specification. Okay. <laughs> yes. So we found Albie. What was the next step Found Albie, um, contacted him, said I was interested, you know, in meeting him and wanted to learn more. He was about – he was in a foster home about an hour south of Seattle, hour and a half. Um, and – so I was able to – I was fortunate because he was in a foster home. He – they knew so much more about him just because of that fact, which mm-hmm. is why fostering is so important if anyone wants to do it. it's It really helps the dog get adopted out because you – their foster 
parent can say, this is how he is in a household. Yes, he's potty trained. No, he's not. Like, yes, mm-hmm. he's good with my cat. Like, all of that kind of stuff. So I was able to speak with um, the foster dad who it, it just had him a few days, honestly. And um, But he had his own older dog in the home. And he said that his older dog and Albie got along great. And, you know, Albie was crate trained already and seemed like he was potty trained already, too. You know, didn't have any issues with like sharing food or anything like that. You know, so I was kind of asking all of these type of questions because Mm -hmm. that's my main priority is to make sure that I was bringing in a dog that was good with my current dog. That was our like biggest thing because I wanted this to be a happy transition for Lupin. And so then my secondary questions were things like, oh, like, have they met any kids or cats like, you know, cats have. Does it seem like he has much of a prey drive? Things like that. And the foster dad didn't have all the answers, but he had, you know, yep, there's a neighborhood girl that kind of walks by the fence and waves and Albie's, you know, like is totally fine with her coming up to the fence and he sticks his little nose so she can pet him, like things like that. So it's like, okay, it sounds like he's good with young kids and he's not territorial at all, you know, yeah. the property, things like that is what I was asking. And, um, and it was really nice that he was able to give me info he said he didn't know about cats he didn't know about the prey yeah. drive you know he's definitely got like he's definitely a hound but yeah. he he didn't know and i was willing to be okay with that i was like yep yeah, that's yeah that's fine so i was like all right he sounds great enough that we should at least just go down and meet and that's what i thought it was was just going to be a meet um i figured we would have to go down and or we would have to meet quite a few dogs before we found the right one we just got lucky that we found Albie on basically our first meet and <laughs> greet, but um, it doesn't always happen that way. And yeah. that's what I was telling my partner. I was telling Michael, I was like, he's probably not the one. Like, don't get attached. Don't, <laughs> like, you don't even have to come if you don't want. Like, I was really trying to prepare us that he wasn't going to be the one. We're going to need to – because we were – we wanted so much yeah. out of this dog. Like, we were like – super dog friendly he needs to be you know this other dog needs to be dog friendly this other new dog needs to be kid friendly needs to be respectful of lupin yes like he's not (laughs) gonna like knock lupin over trying to get to the food bowl he's not gonna be trying to jump on lupin and play with him constantly like we had all of these things that we really were being pretty yeah like specific about so yes so those are what i asked the foster and that is what i also recommend everyone else asking if there's if the dog you're looking at does have yeah. a foster home ask questions like that mm-hmm. like ask the the deep like the yeah. big things that are i will going say to- that my friend rescued a dog and the foster parent was like yep he's leash trained and he's crate trained and said all of this stuff and they brought him home and he howled every oh. time they put him in the crate and they he is definitely yeah. not leash trained he is trained as in he knows what a leash is yeah but he That's would it. like pull and yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. you so have to be it like, all. it's a pinch of salt, but maybe yeah. just be like more specific. Like how long can he stay in a crate mm-hmm. or does he pull while he's on leash? Because yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever put a, a puppy who's never been on a leash before on a leash. They, it's like they have had some kind of exorcism. Yeah, and they're just—they like, don't know what's up. They're happening. rolling on the ground. <laughs> they're trying to eat the leash. They're trying to bite your toes because they mm-hmm. don't understand. Take everything with a grain of salt that the foster parent tells you. you. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're always telling the truth. But you could get like I could get 
a dog from my sister mm. and that dog could be completely different yeah. in my home. Exactly. Like so just be aware of that like even though maybe in this other home they were perfect. they were perfect and then all of a sudden they come into your home and they pee. Yeah. You know because like there the is carpet. like a holiday like, period too. Yeah. Which the foster parents like I mean in Albie's case um he hadn't had him that long but mm. like Arthur he I did not hear a peep out of that dog for like 3 or 4 weeks. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was in my bedroom and I heard this dog bark that I'd never heard before. And I was like, oh, neighbors must have got a dog. I did not think it was Arthur. And then now I can't shut the fucker up. <laughs> He's so true. Barking at everything. <laughs> yes. So that's like so holiday any dog period. You bring home, yeah. Like just, holiday yeah, period. It's a thing. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, next, yes. You met Albie. You mm-hmm. thought, okay, this this could work. He seems really friendly. Yes. Yeah, so we went. We met him. We. So this is actually this is a, a good one on how to introduce two dogs mm. that are potentially going to be in a home. So what I did, and Izzy can attest to this. We learned it in the shelter. So feel free to chime in. But like, what I did was, um, first we drove down there with Lupin. We left Lupin in the car, and Mike and I went in and met Albie first in the backyard. We petted him. We saw, you know, like just his overall behavior. You know, he was happy. He sat. He wanted pets and mm-hmm. love and attention. And we were like, okay, cool. And we were like, let's see how he does with Lupin. So we brought Lupin. Each of them met on leash. Like, so Albie was on a leash. Lupin was on a leash. So what dogs need, should do, we are introducing both of them on leash. They can sniff nose to nose. And then they should go like nose to butt. Each of yeah. them like pretty quickly after that. And then if they like don't really care about each other after that, then great. That's that's yeah. like a green light. Or if they start like engaging in play, that's another green yeah. light. If you have a dog that is a bit reactive on leash, maybe this isn't the best way to do it. Maybe yeah. they're off or And however. also I think um, for Albie and Lupin, I think, you know, they're, they're pretty nonchalant yes. kind of dogs. Um, but if you've got a super energetic dog or the dog that you're meeting is super energetic, might be worth taking them on a walk together first. Yes. So they're not like oh. pulling on the leash towards each other and there's this like tension on the leash that's relating to like this weird energy mm-hmm. um, that could skew some of the results that you see. Yeah. Um, so maybe going on like a quick walk like together. side by side, like someone yeah. else is holding the other dog. You're holding yeah. your dog, and you're just like walking. Just walk for a little yeah, bit. A bit, yeah. That's um, a good call. And then go into a an and enclosed space. Let them meet. Yeah, yeah. So then after that, like they sniffed each other, and they were like, "Yeah, cool. You're cool." And that was about it. You know, Lupin was just like interested in sniffing other things in the yard, <laughs> and the Albie just wanted more of attention from us. So we were like, "Okay." And so we let them both off leash after that. And they kind of just like hung out, you know, that Albie didn't try to engage Lupin in any play. Like he was just kind of sniffing on, like both of them were just kind of sniffing around the yard and and hanging out together and like coming up to us for attention. And, and that was it. Yeah. But what I did do is I wanted to, I did put Albie through a few tests um, and Lupin to see how they would do together as far as if there was any like protectiveness kind of thing going on with either of them. So mm-hmm. I know Lupin loves me and considers like me his and so i was petting loopy and then i would have albie come over and pet him at the same time see if either of them got a little jealous Mm -hmm. they didn't really you know lupin got a little bit like maybe a little bit more energetic because i had to share my attention but that was it so i kind of did that was 
that was fine. That was one test. The other thing is I gave a treat to Mike and I had a treat in my hand as well. And we gave a treat to each of them, like made them sit in front of us and gave a treat to each of them. Neither of them got like possessive over the treat Mm -hmm. for each other. Lupin even actually found a bone that was Albie's in the yard and like brought it over to me. And Albie saw and didn't care. You know, so it was like those were kind of the things, you know, then I each gave them a treat out of my hand. So they were like literally standing next to each other giving treats and they weren't like, you know, growling at each other, weren't trying to, you know, like any of that. Those were the things that I knew that I didn't, I didn't want to handle in my home. I didn't want any like resource guarding or anything like that. Some people actually can handle that in their home. Some people are able to. um, And I think it's like a, I mean, I guess for me, it would be like pretty common to you know you have a new dog and your old dog in the home you know there's his favorite toy Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that toy is not just on the floor yes and so you're like not putting them in a position where something could happen you know you can teach your dog okay you want your favorite toy you can have your favorite toy in your crate or I'm going to pop you in the kitchen while you play with your favorite or while we play with your favorite toy together yeah and just making sure that there's those boundaries. So um, it's really lucky that Albie and Lupin didn't have an issue with that mm-hmm. bone. But yeah. when you are bringing a dog into the home is, you know, try and minimize those types of situations too yes. as so much as you can. Next step. Yeah. Next yeah, so step. Those, were, those is everything I did or that's everything I did at when we visited Albie. We were able to leave him back at his foster home. Like we weren't picking him up that day or anything. So – we went home, we talked about it. We we're like, yep, yeah, he seems like the He's dog the for us. Yeah, for us. Like, he definitely passed all the tests with flying colors. So, let's do this. What I would say if people are having their dog meet the new dog at a shelter and then they're planning on bringing the new dog home that day, bring two cars and bring an extra person because you do not want to be bringing home a new dog. Maybe you don't know if they've been in a car before and you don't want them to be sitting in a car with your dog that they Mm. don't know yet and they may not be comfortable. Like you just don't want two dogs that are strangers sitting in your backseat. Yeah. Like when you're on your own trying to drive. Yeah. Like just so that's just like a tip that we would that just like something to consider, like just prepare. Um, Yeah. And then or even make have like a time allowance so you can go and drop your dog off and come back and get the other dog. Yes. And so that's what we were able to do, um, which is good because Albie is not good in the car. And (laughs) that hour and a half ride back, he was like whining and screaming like the whole time. And so (laughs) and Lupin would have been miserable during that. And we would have been miserable and probably yelling at each other because we already were anyway. Um, (laughs) Like just because he was already was freaked out for that whole drive. So um, so that's another recommendation. But now, yes. Next step. You bring your new dog home. Bringing your new dog home. So this is like the next three months kind of time. As I said, I've had Albie for four months now. So this is like the steps for kind of the next three months-ish. So what I did was I had Lupin be in the backyard and I let Albie come in and sniff the whole house when we first got him. So he – like I introduced him to everything in there and I let him like sniff as as he desired without Lupin – like in the room or anything or in the house. So I did that so he could introduce himself kind of to the whole house and get all the smells and be comfortable in it. Um, we had a, we had Albie his own crate. We had, 
he had his own bed. He had his own feeding area, which was in a separate room than Lupin. Mm-hmm. And we did not have any like high re- or high value toys, treats, bed, blanket, like whatever, anything like that, anything of high value to your current dog. We didn't have any of that on the ground or anywhere that they could like be possessive over it or anything. Um, I mean, I don't know if you did this with Albie, but I definitely did it with Arthur is like, he couldn't just come up onto the couch. Yeah. Like he, if he wanted up on the couch, like he had to earn it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, if, if, if I was to bring in a second dog, like Arthur would be allowed on the couch first. Mm. And then I would. Yes. Yeah. We did do that. So we, we and we still do. Albie sleeps in his crate in mm-hmm. our bedroom at night and Lupin sleeps on the bed because Lupin has always slept on the bed. Yeah. And we're not about to take that away from him. But I didn't want Albie to also, to sleep also in the jump bed. <laughs> on the bed. <laughs> One, because of space. But two, because I didn't want either of them to like jump up in the bed in the middle of the night and like get into a like a kerfuffle because they like yeah. stepped on each other or something or I didn't want Lupin to be like no this is my bed or anything like mm-hmm. that I'm like you know what Lupin's old he's our first boy he gets the bed p- privileges every night if he decides and Albie is in his crate and he's very happy in his crate so it's totally fine yeah but that that is like one of the things is I did give I always made sure to give Lupin a priority Mm-hmm. in the home i think i think that's a really yeah. good one is like oh lupin you can come up on the couch or on the bed or i i would feed lupin first and then go you know i'd say mm-hmm. i'll be go to your bowl and he would go into his bowl in the other room and i would feed him yeah. next and and that's not to put the new dog down no and say like you're below him but it's to make sure that your first dog doesn't feel like you've abandoned yeah. him yeah um, and it's just to keep like a balance kind of yeah. in the home. And it's Lupin has, you know, he's in his mind, he's always been fed first. Mm-hmm. So it kind of stops that kind of potential kerfuffle too. Yeah. You know, if you were to feed Albie first, well, how about if Lupin comes into that food bowl yeah. and then Albie's like, no, 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 that's mine. That's, yeah, this exactly. is my food bowl. Yeah. So just trying to keep like as good of a routine as possible. So the dogs have realistic expectations of you and you have realistic expectations of them yes exactly yeah Yeah. so i think and then and we were already you know as as izzy said it wasn't like to put albie down or anything it was it was like lupin got the priority maybe on the bed but the other thing is lupi would have loved to come out on the runs with us he just can't do it he doesn't realize that though in his Mm -hmm. old age and so we would take albie out on a run and Lupin would have to stay home. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's just it's it's kind of a trade-off. And so, but what it, basically what it is down to is like we made sure to give them attention individually, yeah. not just always together. So Lupin still had that individual attention routine, like he still had his routine, everything. And then Albie kind of got his new one as well. Um and then the other thing is uh we made sure we didn't overwhelm Albie right from the beginning like he his life was very boring with us in the first like month we did not take him to the pet store we did not take him on multiple hikes in the first weekend or anything like that it was like he was home he was fed at the same time every day morning and night go to bed around the same time he'd go on the same run every single morning like it Mm -hmm. was just he had enough new things in his life to worry about that he didn't want to add in other stuff um 
yeah. So I think I think that's most of it. You know, the the reason that the separating separate feeding, all that kind of stuff. Um, the reason that that's done is just because you don't want any of the dogs to get into kind of like a a skirmish over food or over toys or anything mm-hmm. like that. Once they're comfortable with each other, then you can start maybe leaving that kind of stuff out. I would just give it probably like a couple weeks to a month. We did not start feeding them next to each other until like probably like a month and a half ago. And even then, even now, they still like step on each other and like bump into (laughs) each other and everything. They're fine with each other, so it's okay. But imagine if they weren't. Like imagine if one of them was protective over food. You don't want that, you know, in your home, basically. And I would say for anyone who isn't experienced in that, kind of area definitely consult with a trainer yeah um you know let them know or if you do have you know one bad experience you know it's you it doesn't mean you have to work with a trainer every single day or you know have a once a week i'm standing appointment with them you can just do a one-off and just get some Mm -hmm. advice about what you should be doing and how you like what your goal is and how you can potentially reach that goal yeah um like if you wanted to have if you don't have space to feed your dog separately Mm -hmm. long in the long run you could do it for a little while but it's just not maybe you have a very small studio apartment or something which maybe this is for like two chihuahuas or something Mm -hmm. but um, you know, they can they can help you get towards that goal or tell yeah. you if that's an unrealistic expectation of you. Yeah. And and actually a great resource for this also is um uh Allison of Pacific Hound. Yeah. Who's one of our previous guests. Um, I think her episode is called Being Authentic with Pacific Hound. So she is the owner, founder of a like dog leash collar like dog scarf bandana dog accessory company but she has a dog who is um reactive to other dogs and very possessive over um food and toys and things like that and she has been able to actually add in another dog into her home and she frequently mentioned talks about it on her instagram it's called sugar and spots is her dog instagram and then pacific hound is like the company yeah she's really great resource as well um read some of her captions and and we always you know on every episode that we have if a dog if someone has two dogs we almost always are like how was the introduction or how how did you know Mm -hmm. they blend into the home together so there's lots of resources out there just start googling do your research um we're gonna put a few resources in the show notes as well that may help you. But if you have any other questions, then definitely reach out to us, I think. Yeah. 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 You can reach out to the podcast. You can reach out to us individually. We'd be happy to help you out with anything that we can or refer you to people who we think would be good resources to you. Yeah. Um, but definitely look back in our previous episodes because we've got some good stuff in there. Um, I think uh, Damn That Graham. Yeah, with little Pacific Northwest, little PNW pup, pups. It was um, she talked about introducing her two dogs. Mm-hmm. It overall went pretty well, but it was kind of one of those things that Izzy was talking about with the whole couch. Like, oh, you know, one of them would get a little possessive over the bed or the couch, and yeah. you know, they they worked with a trainer to figure it out. And so, yeah, I think I think my situation has been very easy so far. But you know, when you think about behind the scenes. Like, Alvy's such a great dog, and we have this great new house, and he just blended with Lubin perfectly. But behind the scenes, I 
I did do a lot of research. Like I told you about the tests. I, you know, I was prepared going into meeting him, all these tests I would put him through. And like, I was really, you know, thorough in my search and all this different stuff. So I think as long as you're doing all of that, then I think that you're going to have a good experience because you want it to be a good experience if you're getting a second dog. So So now Izzy just needs to get a second dog. No. Yeah. Author is a lone wolf. (laughs) You don't think you could get another corgi? God, no. <laughs> God, no. I don't know. So, dumb some rumps, Megan. I don't know how she does it. Yeah. Yeah. But she is so, I mean, she is yeah. ultimate dog mom. Like, she she'll is. put it on her Instagram of, like, each of them are getting their frozen Kong in their mm-hmm. crates next to each other. Like, it is. Yeah. She's got it dialed down. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see her as a, like, mom of children. Because yeah. I think she'll be one of those ultimate moms as well. I Why don't know can't I put this child kids, in a but, crate and yeah. give it a con? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's planning on having kids or anything. Like I don't, I don't know. I would just, I think that would be. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be tough. Arthur even just gets jealous of me over Chase or Chase over me. Like yeah. he has to sit in the middle of the couch. We can't sit next to each other. You would need like it's. It would take a lot of planning, and I think, honestly, we need more space. You would need, like, a Lupin. Like, someone who's so aloof, mm. like another dog that's so aloof and so, like, yeah, sure, one, you can boss if, me around, I don't care. Yeah, like, but if there's, if there's a dog who, like, really doesn't want to play with him, mm-hmm. like, in a calm setting, yeah. then he's like, like, Lupin's been over, and he's been like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Like, I think I think he's kind of like, oh. Yeah. And I think although Lupin he did gives- let Lupin on the couch. He did. And it was fine. But yeah. Chase wasn't on the couch, so. That's true. Lupin, yeah. Lupin somehow gives off this vibe that, like, every dog is going to treat him as he wants to be treated. I don't know how he does it. There's only Because he's so lanky. I don't know. Yeah. Only occasionally so some dogs will try to play with him and, like, really, like, hump him and yeah. play. And he's like, no. I mean, but otherwise, like, I think he just gives off a vibe. He's like, I'm just here to chill, guys. Like, and the other dog's don't. like, all right, dude. And he's like, okay, cool. And the dogs will just like sniff him and be like, see ya, bro. It's all good. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Anyway. So, all of that has resulted in Albus. He was not named Albie. If you get a new dog, you can rename them. He caught on it like within two weeks. So, he, he answers to his name now. So, it's all good. But Albie. We ended up getting, he's a hound coo- or a coonhound mix, about five years old, the sweetest little love. Like, he is just so, such an attention whore. He just wants love all the time. And I'm really happy we did all of that research and, yeah. and preparation so we could get such a great dog. Hope you guys found this uh, interesting and informative. And yeah, as we said, give us a shout if you have any questions. All right, cool. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram at With a Dog Podcast. We have a great Facebook community called With a Dog Paparazzi. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, give us a five star review, and share it with your friends and family. All content on With a Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.